Hello and welcome to Black and White's special report. This report is a follow-up report on the discussion we had on Moms Across America concerning abortion and the use of the two abortion pills, which now account for over 60% of abortions conducted in the United States. At times, this report can be graphic and may be disturbing to some listeners. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome back to this special edition of Black and White. We decided based on reaction and a previous show that we needed to do something more detailed about a very important issue. I am saying to my audience, both viewers and listeners, uh, you need to be aware that the subject matter being discussed could at times get graphic and may be disturbing to some people, both men and women, but it has to be said. So with that, we're gonna speak with Dr. Donna Harrison, and she's a registered board certified OBYGN, and she is the um, CEO of the American Association of OBYGN that are, um, I'm sorry, help me there. Okay, um, I'm CEO of the American Association of Pro-Life OBGYNs. Okay, super. Dr. Donna, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Um, in, in the previous show, uh, myself and the three moms from Moms Across America were shocked at the discussion of the two-pill abortion. Uh, when, we, when I thought of abortion prior, prior to that show, I thought about girls and women going to the abortion clinics and extraction and what I've found out as a result of that show that there are uh, an ever increasing number of abortions are performed with two pills and there isn't a distraction in the traditional sense. And I thought it was important that we provide information to women, girls and women about what the two pill process is. So doctor, don't hold back anything. Describe to my listeners what is the two-pill abortion process? Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about the abortion drugs, the chemical abortions that are going on. Over half of the abortions done in the United States right now are done by chemical abortions. And surprisingly, there are over 70 different websites where you can go and order these abortion drugs online with no medical supervision, no verification of age, no verification of sex, no verification of anything. You could be a minor, you could be a trafficker. So what these drugs do is the first drug is called Mifeprex. The, the, um, that's the, the trade name, the actual chemical name is Mifepristone. And that drug blocks a, a hormone that your body produces when you're pregnant that allows a woman's body to change and to grow and to nurture a baby. So the Mifeprex blocks the action of that drug. When that drug action is blocked, you have 72 hours where you possibly could overcome that blockage if you can find a doctor in an abortion pill reversal network who is willing to give you a natural hormone that your body makes, um, and that's called progesterone. Because if you can get enough progesterone in after you take the first drug, you can decrease the chances that that drug will work. So you can increase the chances that your baby will survive from about 
25% to about 68%. So doctor, would it be with the, with the progesterone uh, be, um, would it be fair to characterize it if a woman changed her mind? Yes. She could possibly, possibly, no, no guarantee, but possibly right. re reverse what she's done. Yes, that's exactly right. It's like a poison and an antidote. So mifepristone is the poison and the antidote is natural progesterone because the mifeprex is blocking the woman's natural progesterone. But if you give enough natural progesterone, you can overcome that blockage. And the pill that the woman takes, and, and if, if, I'm being, if I'm being too graphic, um, I guess I won't apologize. It's just the way I, I, I think. Is it fair to characterize that the first pill is designed to kill the baby? Yes, the first pill is designed to prevent the mom from being able to nurture this baby. So the baby dies essentially of starvation because it blocks the mom's ability to provide nutrients to the baby. So the baby dies of starvation, but it doesn't, uh, this first pill does not very often cause the, the woman's womb to contract and expel the baby. So a second drug has to be taken. And that second drug is mesoprostol. The trade name is in this country is Cytotec. And that second drug causes the uterus to contract, really heavily contract. So it's much more painful than a period. Um, and that heavy contractions cause a lot of pain, nausea, and the combination of the two drugs causes a lot of hemorrhage, a lot of bleeding. So women are not being told this. They're also not being told that the symptoms of an ectopic pregnancy, where a pregnancy is outside the woman's womb in inner tube, the symptoms of an ectopic pregnancy rupturing are exactly the same symptoms of a mifeprex abortion, pain and bleeding. So there have been women in this country who have died because they had terrible pain and bleeding, called the abortionists, the abortionists told them, honey, lay down, take a Tylenol. And they bled to death because the ectopic pregnancy ruptured. How many women are at risk for ectopic pregnancy? One out of 50 in this country. So one out of 50 women will have a pregnancy that has planted in the tube instead of in the womb. And the abortion drug does nothing, does nothing to treat that. What's even worse is that the abortionists are not even looking for ectopic pregnancy, even though when the FDA originally approved Mifeprex, they said the abortionists must look for ectopic pregnancies. But now the FDA has, has approved a willy-nilly use of the abortion drug without any physician visit. So there's no way to know whether or not you have an ectopic pregnancy unless you get an ultrasound. The other terrible thing is there's a condition that some women have, which is Rh negative blood, like A negative, B negative, O negative. If you have Rh negative blood and you are pregnant, every time that baby separates, whether it's a birth or a miscarriage or an abortion, you need to get a drug called Rogam. And that Rogam prevents you from mounting an immune response to future babies. Right. But if you don't get Rogam, then you can mount an immune response and, that, and not having Rogam can actually lead to permanent or massive future infertility problems. So these kinds of things are medical malpractice if you would do them outside of the context of abortion. But the abortion industry is so protected that the abortionists get away with this kind of absolutely 
malpractice type of care. It's, it's lack of care for women. The worst thing also, or I should say another bad thing, is that without knowing exactly how far along you are in pregnancy, there is no way to know what your risk, what your risk of future surgery is. Why do I say that? Well, one out of 20 women who are less than seven weeks, that's less than three weeks after they missed a period, less than seven weeks pregnant, one out of one out of 20 of those women will need surgery to complete their abortion. But if you are just five weeks later than that, if you're actually 13 weeks, one out of three women will need surgery to complete their abortion. None of this is being told to women. And the surgery, when you're further along, the surgery comes from the tissue not separating. The surgery comes from the tissue not separating and massive hemorrhage and tissue left inside that results from the lack of separation. So, Doctor, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, um, the, the, the immediate question that came to my mind as you were speaking there is, uh, I, I'm, I'm afraid to ask the question, but I have to ask the question. How far along can a woman be and take the two pill abortion? Well, the abortionists have been using the pills way further than the FDA ever allowed. And even now, the, the FDA has relaxed the restrictions to be 10 weeks of pregnancy or less. But even now, websites are advertising it at 11, 12, 13 weeks. So the abortionists don't seem to care. And if you're getting the pills online and you've never had an ultrasound, you don't know how far along you are. Why do I, I say that? Because one out of, one half of women who present to an OBGYN's office have to have their due date changed based on the first ultrasound. And that's because there's a number of reasons. We don't all release eggs at the same time. It's, it's not all women's periods are regular. And so if you don't have absolutely regular periods, it's very difficult to tell how far along you are based on just the last menstrual period. That's why we do ultrasounds. But, so, but doc, doctor, uh, again, I apologize. Okay. I know I'm making this difficult for you, but I have just so many questions that I need to ask. Um, so I apologize for interrupting you. Um, if you can now buy these two drugs, like over the counter on the internet without a prescription or a doctor involved, isn't there a, a, a significant likelihood of abuse and that people long past 13 weeks, 15 weeks, 22 weeks, whatever, will be, I mean, will this drug work on a, on a, on a fetus that's 28 weeks long? Yes, it could. Yes, it could. Um, and that, when you mention abuse, yes, abuse of the drug, but there's a whole other aspect of abuse. And that is there is no guarantee who is getting these drugs. You could have a pimp ordering bulk discount drugs to manage his herd so that he keeps the women who are being trafficked from ever encountering a medical professional. Because when women who are being sex trafficked when they get out, their opportunity is when they encounter a medical professional. So this allows pimps and abusers to isolate women and never allow them to interact with a medical professional. We have, we have examples. There's been newspaper stories all over the country about disgruntled boyfriends who've ground up the Mifeprex and put it in their girlfriend's drink or smoothie. 
because they didn't, they wanted her to abort and she didn't want to abort. So the potential for coerced and forced abortions is tremendous, as well as the potential for abuse. And, and this is this is just not women's health at all. This is this is a, a monstrous uh, 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 caricature of medical care. There's no medical reason for this for this drug. You said, doctor, that a, a significant percentage of the abortions today are this two pill abortion. Do you have a, a sense of a number? Sixty percent. Sixty percent of abortions are two pills. Yes. But um, I have to tell you. That's voluntary reporting. So that's voluntary reporting by abortionists to the CDC, may or may not be accurate. And the overwhelming likelihood is because of the online availability of these drugs, the overwhelming likelihood is that it's, it's higher than that number. I was gonna say, it's, it's understated. It's um, understated. We, we have to take a break here in a minute. When we come back, I wanna talk about the, the side effects of, the, of these two pills. Um, we, we've been talking to uh, Dr. Donna Harrison OBGYN. Doctor, do you, your organization have a website that the public can go to? Absolutely. So you can Google pro-life OBGYNs and that'll take you there. Or you can go to aaplog.org. That's American Association of Pro-Life OBGYNs. So aaplog.org. And we have tons of resources on our site from years of study of the peer-reviewed medical literature talking about the effects of abortion on women as well as on their human being inside her womb. We'll be right back with Dr. Donna after this pause. Hello, this is Dan Perkins, executive producer of programming for Blacks and White Network. We are pleased to offer the opportunity to express yourself on important issues of the day. We are launching BNW Free Speech Question of the Week. Every Monday, we will ask you, our listeners, a single question, and you vote the answer to the question. You will have an opportunity to vote a simple yes or no, and if you want, you can share more about the answer on the website. We will encourage open discussion about the issues. On Saturday, we will announce the vote results. So stay tuned. Watch for the launch of B&W Free Speech. Welcome back. We're speaking to Dr. Donna Harrison who is an OBYGN, and we've been talking about the, the two pills that now account, according to doctor, at least 60% of the abortions that are performed in the United States. And you don't have to have a doctor. You don't even have to have a clinic. You can buy these drugs online. And we wanted to talk, we were talking a little bit about uh, some of the side effects and what happens with these drugs. Again, I want to warn the audience that the descriptions from Dr. Donna may be disturbing but it's important to try and get this information out to women so that they can understand and make an appropriate decision. So doctor, one of the things that uh, disturbed our, our, our mothers on Moms Across America and that program on abortion is, is available on our website, blacksandwhites.us, um, was the, the, the lack of disclosure about possible hemorrhaging and and so I'd like you to spend a few moments to talk about not only the hemorrhaging, but what other side effects these drugs can, and, and maybe I should rephrase that. They're, they're, so they're still performing the traditional extraction abortions, and they, they have side effects, both 
physically and mentally. And we should spend a little bit of time talking about the mental aspects. But let's talk about the physical aspects. If a woman takes these two pills, what's the likelihood that she's going to hemorrhage? Well, if she has a, a pregnancy that is less than seven weeks, she's got maybe roughly one out of 20 chance of hemorrhaging. So that's hemorrhaging sufficient to require surgery to take the retained tissue out. If she is further along, if she is 13 weeks, then she has a one out of three chance of hemorrhaging requiring surgery. Hmm. Now, in these Mifeprex abortions, just to give you an idea of how much blood we're talking about, I have personally, along with the team, reviewed all of the adverse events all of the complications that were submitted voluntarily to the FDA. And there were a couple women who had blood losses in the range of 10 units of blood. You only have five units in your body. So twice their blood volume is the amount that they lost. The only reason they survived is that they were next to near enough to an emergency facility that had blood transfusions and could handle it. But if these women had been in the target group of the abortion industry, which is places where they're underserved medically, if they had been in situations where they could not have gotten blood, they would be dead. And so it's particularly abhorrent that the abortion industry is pushing these drugs in areas of the country that where women do not have access to emergency room services and do not have access to blood transfusions. They, it's almost like they're purposefully trying to endanger women's lives by pushing these drugs in those areas. Now, the other aspect of, of hemorrhaging and the reason why this uh, a chemical abortion causes hemorrhage is the first drug, Mifeprex, actually interferes with the ability of the woman's womb to stop bleeding. So when a woman's pregnant, there's lots of blood that's going through her womb that's meant to feed the baby and carry away waste. When the woman gives birth and she separates the placenta, then the woman, the, the blood vessels in the woman's womb clamp down. And that's why hopefully women, most women don't hemorrhage after they give birth to a baby. However, Mifeprex interferes with the ability of the arteries to clamp down. And that's why you see these massive hemorrhages. Not every woman that has Mifeprex, but many women that have Mifeprex have hemorrhage. And it's intrinsic to the Mifeprex. But there's another side effect that's also really, really concerning. And that is both Mifeprex, that's the first drug, that's the first drug in the chemical abortion regimen, both Mifeprex and the second drug, Isoprostol, both of them can suppress a woman's immune system. That is, they can keep the woman from fighting off normal infections. There have been over 10 women who have died in the US, normal, young, healthy women who were fine before the abortion. They were dead two weeks later because of a massive overwhelming infection called Clostridium sordellii. Clostridium sordellii is a normal soil bacteria. It doesn't kill us because most women have an immune system that can fight it off and we, we never even know. But when you take Mifeprex and Mesoprostol, both of those drugs suppress an immune system. And so you have a greatly decreased ability 
to some women have a greatly decreased ability to fight off clostridium sordelia. And that infection moves fast. You go from, from being infected to being dead in 48 hours. So wow. it's, it's a significant issue. It's not a lot of women, but if you're one of the if you're one of those that's susceptible, it's a it's a huge risk for you. Doctor, uh, what other what other side effects are these of these two pills? Well, as I mentioned before, without <laughs> mifeprexin and misoprostol, the two drugs do nothing to treat an ectopic pregnancy. So if you have a pregnancy that's outside your womb, and one out of fifty women do have a pregnancy that's planted outside their womb, then the symptoms of a mifeprex abortion, pain and bleeding, are the same symptoms as a rupturing ectopic pregnancy. And this is another way women have died, because they have pain and bleeding, and the ectopic pregnancy is rupturing, and they're told, honey, lay down and take a Tylenol and go to bed. Because the abortionists never screen them to find out where that pregnancy is, and they think the pain and bleeding that they're having is just coming from the mifeprex abortion. So the delay in getting a diagnosis and treatment is why these women died. They bled to death internally. So um, you talked about uh, who uh, who are likely candidates to use these pills. There's there's been a lot of study. Um, black people represent approximately uh, 25 to 30 percent of the population. Yet they represent uh, over 50% of the abortions that are performed in the United States. Um, and, and it's because the, um, the message from the abortion people of, of um, birth control or whatever, however they position it to Black women, um, has deceived them into understanding uh, what, they're, what they're not doing. Um, are, are black women, are these pills affordable or black women, are they, are they, uh, uh, can they get them or are they too expensive for inner city black women to take, get them to take? Well, I'm not an expert on the cost of the pills. So it would depend on the situation and on the person, whether or not they could afford it or not. But I will say that Planned Parenthood has had a eugenic agenda from its inception with Margaret Sanger, who was a flaming eugenicist and wanted to eliminate people that she didn't like. And I think that that's something that the African-American community is waking up to is the eugenic roots of Planned Parenthood. They are not a friend to people that they don't like. They are, have always historically located their clinics in areas that are replete in, uh, in under, uh, underserved areas, not because they wanna help the underserved women, but because they want to afford them. And that's really a, a incredibly uh, shameful thing. So I think we ought to look at the eugenic roots of Planned Parenthood and what has been their motivation. They, they are no friend of underserved women. The, uh, the city of New York has the reputation of having in the black community more abortions than live births a year. And I'm, I'm curious as to have the pills made it easier for women, even though the, the complications are significant. I mean, I, I'm thinking in terms of if you're, if 60% of the abortions that are taking place in the country are done with the two pills, 
then are the pills being supplied by client parenthood yes Planned parenthood owns the right to manufacture and distribute the pills so the history of the approval of the abortion drug is is incredibly um dark they uh <laughs> The manufacturer, the, the original developer of Mifeprex, the chemical abortion drug, was in France. It's Rousselton-Cloth. And they were told by the Clinton administration that they will bring the drug to the United States. And they said, there's no way we're going to take the medical legal liability in the United States to market this drug. So they gave the right to manufacture and distribute this drug to Planned Parenthood slash Population Council. The Population Council is just a, a DBA of Planned Parenthood. It's just a, an arm of Planned Parenthood. So Planned Parenthood slash Population Council was given the right to manufacture and distribute the drug, but they don't manufacture and distribute. So they created a shell company called Danco, which has its assets in the Cayman Islands, so they can't be sued. And Danco doesn't manufacture or distribute either, so they contract with Walling Pharmaceuticals in China. And, and that's where this drug comes from. So yes, the Population Council still holds the right to manufacture and distribute unless they have somehow subsumed it under Danco, the shell company. Um, but, but yes, Planned Parenthood benefits from the sale of every pill. So, so there is, don't have pity for Planned Parenthood that somehow because there's not surgical abortion being done that they're not benefiting. They are benefiting financially from the sale of this, these chemical abortion drugs. Wow. So are these pills available in Europe and other parts of the world? Yes, they are. They're available all over the world. And are they as, as prevalent as they are in the United States? I don't know. It would probably depend on the country. And some of the difficulty, some of the difficulty of getting statistics like that is these kinds of statistics are not well kept. Um, so I'll give you an example. You hear the argument that, oh, it's better for a woman to abort because she's less likely to die from abortion than she is from giving birth. Well, the fact is, we know about women that die giving birth because they give birth in hospitals, but nobody is collecting the data on women that die from abortion, nobody. So it's a see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil kind of situation because nobody's collecting this information. And in other countries, and it, it may well happen here as well, the, the definition from the World Health Organization of an unsafe abortion is abortions done in places where abortion is illegal. So there's data collected on deaths from unsafe abortion, but there's no data collected on deaths from safe, quote unquote, safe abortion, because safe abortion is a legal term. It's not a medical term. A safe abortion just means an abortion done in a country where abortion is legal beating minimal medical standards, but in a, in a country where abortion is legal. So by playing with this kind of data, you get these wild, wildly inaccurate uh, lack of estimation of how many women are dying from abortion. If you look at countries where there is, where the medical record is owned, there's probably somewhere between a five to seven fold increase in death for women within one year for women who abort as compared to women who give birth. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it, it's an amazing, it's actually a, a, um, a discouraging thing. We don't have better data collection in 2020, but we can know, you know, in an instance, who's buying what item 
and yet we can't collect data on women who are hurt and dying from abortion, and that's got to change. Well, unfortunately, Doctor, we're out of time, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you today that we're going to have you back soon because there's a lot more I want to talk to you about. We've been speaking to Dr. Donna Harrison, OBYGN, and um, CEO of the uh, American Association of OBGYNs in, uh, Opposing Abortion. Thank you for your time today. How do people follow what your organization is doing? So sign up, um, especially if you're a medical professional. We would love to have you join. Um, you can, you can uh, get our, our information, our newsletter for free. But if you're a medical professional, we would really encourage you to join. And you can follow what's happening um, on multiple different social media platforms, uh, but also visit our website at www.aaplog.org. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Ian. We'll be right back.